hockey fans, it's time for Board Check, Impact Media's weekly drive through the neutral zone into the world of professional hockey. I'm your host, Jeremy the Impact York. want to welcome you guys in. What a glorious time of year it is. We've got the Stanley Cup Finals. We know who the teams are. We'll definitely get into that very, very soon. But first, I want to tell you how you can be a part of the show. You can do so the following ways. You can search for us on Facebook by searching Board Check or Impact Media. You can email the show, 3endzone at gmail.com. That is the number 3, E-N-D-Z-O-N-E at gmail.com. You can also search for us on Twitter. Board Check is quite unique in that it has its own Twitter at board check where you can find all things hockey all things this show and uh, a little bit of rugby content we got to double that account up you can also if you want to stay on twitter and go to kind of our main page at team impact media that will have all of our shows on it where you can uh, scroll down find the appropriate show click on it and listen just as many times you want and we appreciate all of that uh, if you want to follow myself for show-related things and uh, non-show-related things, just cool things I think uh, you guys might be interested in or fun things that, that uh, I'm able to experience and go out and do, you can do so by following at TheImpact99 on Twitter, Triller, TikTok, and Instagram. And, of course, anywhere you find the podcast, including Spotify, the iTunes Store, and Podcast One. If there's a place you regularly find a podcast that you cannot find board check, please let us know. We need to put those people in the penalty box, and we'll definitely fix that link. Uh, tons to get into on this show. We're going to talk a little bit about some uh, coaches that are leaving or staying where they are, or some of them have just arrived. In fact, one that... Uh, Got a pretty cool gig. Thought he was going to get a different gig. But before we get into that and, uh, of course, Stanley Cup final time, we'll talk about how the teams got there. I want to give a special shout-out right now to GMT International here in Villarica, Georgia, right outside the Atlanta area. They do heat injection molding for trains. And basically, if you have rubber and you want to attach it to metal, these are the guys and gals to get a hold of. They uh, are big listeners of this show. It may have to do with that one main person listens to the show and uh, plays it on the speaker that everybody hears, but I appreciate him doing that. And uh, wanted to give them a special shout out. Appreciate you guys listening, whether it was against your own free will or not. But uh, GMT International, we definitely appreciate you guys listening each and every week. And, uh, you know, if uh, we can do more than just shout you guys out, let us know. And uh, we will definitely, definitely do that. All right. Let's jump into the world of uh, non-Stanley Cup Finals at the moment. Let's start with, uh, how about a, a coach that just arrived at his new gig? As Spencer Carberry has been named the Washington Capitals' new head coach, he has an interesting task because it seems like the Capitals in the next few years are just going to keep a good enough team around Ovechkin so he can break all the records, including Gretzky's scoring record. 
and they're not going to really, if they end up in the cup tournament, fine. They're not really going for that. They're just trying to build a team that will sustain itself to, to break all those records. But uh, let me tell you a little bit about Spencer Carberry. I am a little more familiar than most with him, and we will get into that here in a second. Uh, he is 41 years old. He takes the place of one Peter LaViolette. That don't cry over Peter LaViolette. I'm sure he will get hired within the next few days. Uh, kudos to Washington for not getting a retread. Spencer Carberry was last the assistant in Toronto with the Maple Leafs for the past two seasons. Before uh, he and he actually joined that from previously being in the AHL for the Capitals affiliate. So they're pretty fond of him with the Hershey Bears for three years. Hershey Bears, can't make that up. That is the actual name. That is one of the coolest names in sports, in my opinion. Uh, some of the fun stuff that uh, he did a lot of, I mean, all the Toronto numbers while he was the assistant coach are, are phenomenal. Uh, Carberry, though, when he was a Hershey Bear coach, he, is, he was 104, 50, 9, and 8. That is an exceptional, exceptional record. Uh, he won the uh, Pierre Memorial Award for AHL Coach of the Year in 2021. The Bears finished top in the league he, with, uh, let's see, a 7.58 points percentage. Look that up. That's an amazing number. Uh, he actually retired as a player. A lot of people don't remember that. In 2010, he, named, he was named the assistant coach for the South Carolina Stingrays. This is where we start to become a little familiar with him. Because we see those pesky stingrays quite a bit here in Atlanta as they take on the Gladiators quite a few times. Uh, he took over as coach the following season. He eventually went 207, 115, and 38. Guided the stingrays to the playoffs in each of his five seasons there. He won the John Brophy Award as ECHL Coach of the Year in the 13 14 season after the uh, South Carolina Stingrays went 43-23-6. In the ECHL, that's pretty dang good. Uh, this does leave five teams without a coach. That would be the Anaheim Ducks. I can see LaViolette there. Calgary Flames, probably not there. Columbus Blue Jackets, I feel like he's been with the Blue Jackets before. The Nashville Predators, he's been there before. And the New York Rangers, he could end up there. Well, let's go back to Carberry. Um, maybe I'm a little biased. Uh, the Capitals clearly had a great coach when he was with the Hershey Bears, the AHL affiliate. Uh, they didn't need a coach at the time, so they lost him out to Toronto. I really thought Toronto would make the coaching change and name him the coach over the current one they have. It would have uh, maybe energized the squad. Toronto needs a little something. It's like they just completely ran out of steam. Uh, they made it past the first round. They stopped that curse. That that uh, proverbial spirit is off their is off their shoulder now. But uh, Spencer Car Carberry, I just feel like is going to do more than just help Ovechkin beat a lot of Gretzky records. He may actually mold this team into quite the contender, and uh, I'm, I'm here to. I'm here for it. Now, I told you guys that uh, the Predators are looking for a coach, and that's because they told John Hines, uh, everybody with the team take a step forward. John, stay right where you're at. 
Uh, at least he didn't get Lane Kiffin and left on the tarmac on the ride home from a game. Uh, Predators, Predators have had some issues here and there. There were some injuries or some other things. Um, I, I don't completely blame John Hines for it. I hope they don't go the retread route as well. There's a lot of really, really good assistants and really good AC, AC, AHL coaches that they should target other than uh, just the same just same it seems like six or eight coaches that just go from team to team to team and a lot of people try to say well they're they're a rebuilding team that just needs to get to the next level so you hire this kind of this retread coach well they, they've uh, rebuilt enough and now they're trying to get on the edge of being a contender well they're a contender and now they want to be a uh, a cup favorite how about you just get a good coach you just get a good coach or a new coach and see what they can do, and if they suck, then you can get a retread. But the fact that you just keep using the same basic things over and over and over again, it just, you keep getting the same results. It's, it's insanity. It's literally the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. That's the definition, kids. Look it up. Uh, but they can, John Hines. He spent four seasons. Like I said, I, I thought he did a pretty good job, but you got to give him some credit, too, that they shipped off a lot of the veterans. He had about a third of the AC, AHL team on the NHL level towards the end, and those kids were playing hard and winning games, and they almost backdoored their way in as the final wild card, but came up just short. So i got to give him a little bit of credit there. Now, they've done a complete overhaul in that they uh, they have a new GM. We know all about that. Uh, they did fire uh, Dan Lambert as well. I am not talking about the wrestling personality, but uh, they they just kind of house cleaned the whole thing. Uh, Barry Trotz is about to take over as GM. I think this happened somewhere in June where... David Poyle, who has been the general manager since the birth of, of the franchise, is uh, stepping away. He's going to have a different role, but it's not going to be as full-time, I believe. So Barry Trotz, who is a great coach, great mind, we'll, we'll see what he can do at the helm. This is his chance to pick his guy out of the gate, and that also tells management that they are going to marry the two together so that... If it doesn't work out, maybe they house clean all of them. But we'll see what they do. You know, like I said, uh, Dallas Eakins was let go by the Ducks. LaViolette was canned from the Capitals. Brad Larson got let go from the Blue Jackets. Daryl Sutter from the Flames. Uh, Gerard Gallant from the Rangers. I'll tell you right now, more than likely LaViolette... Daryl Sutter, and probably Gerard Gallant, is probably going to be a retread hire somewhere. Um, Dallas Eakins actually did a pretty good job, and Brad Larson as well. Larson used to play. Eakins, I think, did. Um, if you want to retread, that's on you, but my opinion, go, go try something different. And if it sucks, it sucks, you know? Um, I think that's... Yep, that's pretty much all the non-finals-related stuff. So let's jump right into a little Stanley Cup Finals talk. And in doing so, I'm going to start 
I'm going to start with the Eastern Conference because it was, it was a sweep. A surprising sweep because if I told you the Hurricanes and the Panthers, the number one seed and the number six seed in the East, are facing off in the conference finals, and there was a sweep, you'd go, man, well, the Panthers probably played hard, and uh, good luck next time. Not quite. The Panthers uh, all but just smashed the Hurricanes. Uh, they uh, dissipated that storm just as quickly as it formed. I don't know if the Hurricanes just, just ran, out of, uh, ran out of gas or the Panthers are just that pesky team that they just they won every game by one goal. And in fact, two of the three went into overtime, including game one where this thing goes all the way to four overtimes. Four overtimes. Seth Jarvis gets Carolina on the board, then Alexander Barkov answers. Uh, Verhaeg makes it 2-1 Panthers. Uh, Nosen evens it up in the third. This thing goes to four overtimes before, you guessed it, Matt, the Chuck. Puts one in the back of the net at 19:47 in the fourth overtime. Yeah, they were that close to being in the fifth overtime. For the winning squad, Bobrovsky, who has seen a complete resurgence. A lot of people wrote him off, said, what does he have left? He might be a backup and then be flushed out of the league. Uh, Sergei Bobrovsky said, eat this. 63 saves that is just amazing. And even in the losing effort, Frederick Anderson, 57 saves. Uh, you know, you got you can't see anything bad about Anderson. He had he had a solid year as well. They just uh, the Hurricanes come up just a little short. We'll go to game number two. This one goes to overtime, except for it only goes to one overtime. Uh, Chatfield scored for the Hurricanes. Barkov answers in the second, and then. Matt Chuck. Just uh, about two minutes into overtime. Ends this one. He said, we ain't playing four overtimes. We're just playing one, guys. Uh, Bob Roski, 37 saves in the win there. Anti Ronta with 24 saves. See, the Hurricanes' defense was doing well. Just gave up one more goal than the, the other team. And that, unfortunately, is how you lose in sports. If the other team scores more points than you, Unless we're playing golf, you lose. So they're up 2 nothing. How does game three go? Well, the Hurricanes can't even find the net. Sam Reinhart gets the lone goal that nets all the Panthers needed. He gets that in the second period to make it one to nothing. That is your final. Frederick Anderson, 16 saves in the loss. The shutout for Sergei Bobrovsky, who's got to be... He's got to be the leading candidate for goalie of the year, right? Or at least between him and Tuchuk for the MVP of this playoffs. We'll go to game four. Hurricanes find some goals again. They get goals from uh, Paul Stasny, Tebu Teravainen, who gets his first of the playoffs, and Jesper Foss. The only difference is that the Panthers get a goal from Duclair, then Tuchuk. Then Lomberg, and then lo and behold, with five seconds left in the game, Matt Tuchuk, who ended three of these four games with the last goal of 
of the game. He puts an end to this one and an end to the Hurricanes season. Frederick Anderson, 20 saves out of 24 shots in the losing effort. 36 saves for Bobrovsky. Panthers advance. So what happened here? Well, I can't blame the goaltending that much. There was a couple things here and there, but in no way did Frederick Anderson or Antti Ranta really do enough to lose this series. So you shift to the defense. Well, as I said, there's not a lot of actual shots on goal in this one, so the defense is doing a pretty good job of, of keeping the pucks away from the net in the defensive zone. Like I said, uh, faces Frederick Anderson faced 24 shots in game one, 17 shots in game, or that was game four, game three, game two, Ronta faces 26 shots, all of them like almost 25 or less. In game one, even though, I mean, it went four overtime, so it, that's going to be an inflated number of uh, 60 shots. That's crazy, by the way. So it, if it's not the goaltending and it's not it's not the defense, it's not their forecheck, it's not uh, doing the, the dirty work, so to say, in the corners and the neutral zone and doing that, that extra work that uh, doesn't end up on a stat sheet but usually ends up helping you win the game. It's the fact they just couldn't find goals when they needed them. They scored, what, two, three, six goals in four games in the Stanley Cup Eastern Conference Finals. Six. The Panthers scored ten. Ten to six. And ten's actually kind of low, but that's all they needed. What went right for the Panthers? Well, haven't the Chuck has revitalized this team. It has allowed it has allowed other stars, the Sam Reinhart's, uh, the Verhaegs, to not have to carry the team and to let him be the star. And this team, it's scary. It's going to be a scary team for the Western team that I'm going to tell you in a minute. It's going to meet them in the finals. Um, I didn't see this Panthers team sneaking up on everybody. They definitely have done that. But, as you can see, they by far are probably the best team in the East. They snuck in as the sixth seed. All you got to do is make it to the dance, and all you got to do is win it. Let's go to the West. The West, it took them a little longer because one team, I think, forgot how to end the series. It happens. So we got the Golden Knights and the Stars. We go to game number one. Game number one goes to the Golden Knights, four to three. Robertson, who might be the best goal scorer in the playoffs, uh, opens it up, one nothing Stars. William Carlson evens it up. William Carlson takes the lead. Then you get Hintz to even it up. Bluger for the Golden Knights to go ahead. Jamie Benn, we're going to get to him in a minute, for something completely different, ties it up. And then Brent Howden puts it in the back of the net a minute and 35 seconds into overtime. Gives the Golden Knights game number one. Ottinger, who 
I, I got to give him a lot of credit, too. People wrote him off, and he was probably one of the best young stars of this playoffs, and that is not a play on words to call him a star. Uh, but he had 33 saves in the losing effort. Uh, Aiden Hill, he's the backup for them. He, he has emerged into a bona fide starter. It's going to be an interesting conversation in the uh, offseason about that. But he had 33 saves in the victory. We go to game number two. Guess what? That went to overtime as well. Golden Knights win that one 3-2. to two. Uh, Heskinen makes it one nothing. Dallas. Oh, captain, my captain, Mark Stone makes it 1-1. One, one. Robertson decides to get back on the board to make it 2-1 Dallas. Marsha so makes it 2-2 two, two, going to overtime. And uh, Chandler Stevenson says, let's go on home, boys, and ends this one in a minute 12 into overtime. Maybe that's something Carolina can learn is that uh, don't let things go for overtimes. Try to end them early in overtime. Ottinger with 21 saves in the losing effort there. Aiden Hill with 26 in the victory. So, 2-0 Golden Knights. Let's go to game number three as this game, as this series shifts to Dallas. Well, first night in Dallas, the Stars forget that to win a hockey game, you have to score goals. The Golden Knights completely blanked them. Three in the first, one in the second. They win that 4 to nothing. Marcheseau, Barbashev, Carrier, and Petrangelo with the goals there. Aiden Hill with 34 saves in the shutout. We had a shutout on both sides in game three. Is that not crazy? Ottinger had uh, two saves before getting the gate. Wedgwood come in and made 10 more saves there. I do think that was the right call on Ottinger. Because we go to game number four, and the Stars said, oh, wait, we remember you're supposed to score goals to win games. They win this one three to two in overtime. William Carlson opens it up. Robertson equalizes in the first. Marsha So in the second, followed by Jason Robertson in the second. No goals in the third. And Jumbo Joe Pavelski. I know Jumbo Joe is somebody else's nickname as well. But uh, Joe Pavelski, the ageless wonder, gets the overtime winner to make it 3-1. to one. Aiden Hill with 39 saves in the loss. And Ottinger with 37 saves in the win. So, now it's 3-1. We go to game number five. So all the Golden Knights have to do is win. After win three in a row, they just need to win one of the next four games. Somebody should tell them, try to win the first one next time. It really, really stretch this one out. We're going to game number five. Barbashev opens it up. Glenn Denning, the former Ranger standout, not sure why he's still not there, evens it up. Chandler Stevenson makes it 2-1 Vegas. Robertson decides he hasn't been on the score sheet in, you know, 10 minutes, so he decides to put his name back on it, evens it up there. Uh, Delandria gets uh, two goals in the third for the 4-2 to two victory there. Ottinger, 27 saves in the win. 
Aiden Hill, 30 saves in the loss. So it went from 1-0, 2-0, 3-0 Vegas to 3-1, 3-2. So we go to game number six. And the Golden Knights remember again, oh wait, we're the best team in hockey. And they completely shut down Dallas. This thing was really over about two-thirds of the way through the second period. Six to nothing. They open it up with Carrier, Carlson, and Colasar. If Carrier would, would change the C to a K, you'd have uh, all three K, so that'd be pretty fantastic, the, the K squad. Uh, but they make it 3 nothing in the first. Then Marcheseau opens up the second about midway through. He puts goal number four on the board. Carlson again with goal number two. And uh, Michael Amadio, it's Amadio. And even though I'm slightly mispronouncing that, it's a D, not an R. Amadio. He adds goal number six. Aiden Hill, 23 saves in the shutout. Ottinger, 23 saves in the loss. Dallas is eliminated. So, what happened here? Well, pretty evenly matched teams. The Stars are a team that definitely put a little bit of fear, a little bit of worry in Vegas. They didn't want to run up on the Stars because of the matchup. The Stars do have Stars that can sometimes carry the team when necessary. So game one goes to overtime. You kind of say that was a little bit of a coin flip. Game two, same thing. So the Golden Knights are winning in the trenches, so to say, for, for, to use a football term. They are winning in, uh, like I said, in what's called the dirty areas, this, the, the things that are not on the stat sheet, but when you put in the work, they help you win. And then game number three, I, I don't know what happened. The Stars got back to their own, their own homes, their own beds, and just completely uh, pooped them. Just, I don't know what happened when you get shut out. They get shut out twice in the same series. This, the last game, they just had nothing left. Uh, the momentum was taken so early from them in game six that uh, it was over about the time it started. But for games four and five, it seems like they, they got the lines the way they wanted them. They found that they wanted to play that style of hockey against the Golden Knights, and it was doing a lot of good for the Dallas Stars uh, in game four and game five. They seemed to really, really... Uh, find their groove and then like I said it's like uh, they just uh, after they scored four goals and really captivated that game in game five they had nothing left in six I just think they just ran out of steam that's that's what it just looked like there they put so much into it it was a very physical series uh, Jamie Ben got uh, he got an early gate in game three I believe because he got two game suspension missed game four and game five oddly enough the ones they, they won he was back for game six uh, but he got the early gate for a bad cross check to the kind of neck area of Mark Stone great suspension it should have been at least two games that, that makes a lot of sense but uh, it looked like he was in the process of just giving up at that point it was game four like I said he got a really early gate little did he know that it actually sparked his team and they they won game four and game five without it. So what went right for the Golden Knights? Well, 
early on, they had the momentum. They won the coin, the two coin flip games, then had the big shutout. Then kind of lost themselves for a couple games. And if they do similar with the Panthers, they are going to have some issues. But there's a reason why they're number one seed. I think number one overall. I think they were better than Carolina even. But that sets up our Stanley Cup final. Where we are going to get the Vegas Golden Knights versus the Florida Panthers. The team everybody predicted to be there, including myself. And the team nobody had penciled in even as the sixth seed. But this series, the Golden Knights play a very finesse game. They are going to try to send wave after wave after wave after wave. They've got four lines that can rival any other lines in the playoffs. And their top six defensive pairing are as good as anybody. The Panthers, on the other hand, are a little more scrappy a little more streaky. They like to grab the momentum when they can and run with it, where the Golden Knights will kind of just, it's kind of like waves. They will slowly um, splash on the beach and erode away piece of sand after piece of sand until they have the whole beach. That's pretty much how these teams are going to play. The Panthers are probably going to try to be a little more physical because it has been shown that the Golden Knights want to get knocked around a little bit. They play a little bit different. They back off just a little. And if they can back off the intensity, then the Panthers are going to take a lot of early advantage. Game number one is going to be on Saturday. We have to wait till Saturday. That, that's such a long time, which could play into this as well. The more rested team, Florida, could have a big early advantage. Or sitting around a little long may actually hurt their chances, and the Golden Knights being the less fresh team can use their momentum of just being on the ice just a couple of days ago to maybe jump out to an early lead. But uh, this is the way they're going to play out as of now. Game one is 8 o'clock on Saturday on TNT. Then we go to game two on Monday at 8. No network specified yet. These are both in Vegas. Game three and four shift to South Florida where 8 p.m., looks like 8 p.m., the whole, hey, works for me, 8 p.m. each game for the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, game three is on Thursday. Game four is a week from this Saturday. It'll be next Saturday. The following Tuesday is game five, if necessary. That is in Vegas. Then it goes back to South Florida for the following Friday. And if we get to game seven, Monday, June 19th, at 8 o'clock in Vegas is where that will happen. That being said, my, once again, a little biased in this, but I've also been talking about both these teams all year long. I think the Panthers are going to put up quite a fight. Um, I could see them winning two of the first five, something like that, but I feel like the Vegas Golden Knights are going to win this, unfortunately, in South Florida. But they are going to win this in six games. I just think that having four full lines of just great forwards and really good defense and Aiden Hill, as long as Aiden Hill stays between the pipes for them, I think this uh, this series is pretty much theirs. I think uh, they can rattle Bobrovsky a little bit, but Bobrovsky is also what's going to keep him and Fachuk are, are what will keep the Panthers relevant and probably help them get those two wins.
but I got in fact I'll say that of two of the two of the first five that the Panthers will win they'll win one of them in Vegas maybe game two and they'll probably win game three in South Florida I just randomly but I got Golden Knights in six if the Panthers weren't that bad then they could definitely take this but that is my Stanley Cup final preview uh, and that's going to do it for another great edition of Board Check. I promise you guys the other two shows, Strong Style and that sports show, it, are going to be later this week. In fact, one will be tomorrow night. The other one will probably be the following night uh, because there is a rugby game Friday. that We will tell you guys more about on that sports show. But uh, once again, shout out to GMT International in Villarica. Uh, for all your heat injection molding for uh, trains and uh, any time you need rubber adhered to metal, they are the squad to call. Shout out to them. Appreciate you guys listening. If you guys want me to shout you guys out, other listeners there, all you got to do is contact the show. Told you guys all the ways you can be a part of this show where you can you can send us questions, comments, suggestions, uh, brownie recipes. I would say you can send the actual brownies, but that's a little hard to do digitally. But other than that, this has been Jeremy, the Impact York. Thanks for tuning in to Board Check. We will see you guys next week. Go Glads, go Owls, go Preds, go Canes, go watch hockey. It's Stanley Cup Finals time. Deuces, gooses. Players pump and the fans all go insane. Someone wrong, Bobby!